With all the confusion around roles, around what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman. Now, I don't feel confused when it comes to these things. Biblically speaking, we're not confused. The culture, however, is confused about these things. And I think what happens is there that's the, I think, the tip of the iceberg in terms of what's been happening over decades in eroding the biblical slash classical roles between a husband and a wife. Mm-hmm. One of the um one of the ways that this is this is cropped up, and we see this among wives that write in, is they don't feel as if their husband is providing adequately for them financially. Mm. And then the question is what is their recourse? What can they do? And we actually had a question come in recently where a woman has asked, is that grounds for divorce? Now we're going to read her question, but I think this will be a helpful topic on whether or not you feel this in your own life. I would be willing to bet there's someone in your life that might be feeling it. And so whatever we cover today will be helpful for you to that end. So we'll see you on the other side. So I feel like that was a a big opening. Mm, Oh, do you? (laughs) And I'm like, does that really confuse why, what roles? Clarify. Bring some clarification. So, uh, okay. So men that are unable to, to provide. Why? They, they, I think back 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, go, go decades back. <laughs> and it like any man who's married would have said, I'll do anything it takes to provide the life that my wife needs, the life that my children need. Sure. Whereas nowadays it's like, You'll get, you know, maybe there's not such a drive to provide. There's not a conviction to provide in that way. Right. There's just a constant. I, I've seen this, you know, you've seen, you can see it among friends of a uh, husband jumping from job to job for various reasons of, I just didn't feel like it was for me. I felt like I sure. was yeah. overqualified. And I'm like, if you're not putting food on the table for your family, then that's a problem. <laughs> like it's, it's a question of priorities and it's a problem, uh, with, but that's kind of a black and white example. Like if you're if your kids are starving, your wife is starving. Yeah. I mean, there's scriptural clar- clarity around that. I mean, in that you've, you're worse than an unbeliever is what Paul says to Timothy. Yeah. Uh, but what if it's more nuanced than that, or it's the, the wife is forced to work because the husband has a job that pays too little hmm. and therefore the wife can't be at home with her children, with her baby. That's what we're going to talk about today. So if you don't know who we are, I'm Ryan. This is my lovely wife, Selena. We're the Fredericks. And uh, yeah, we do fierce marriage, fierce parenting, all things fierce. There's nothing on the internet that is fierce that doesn't involve us. I'm kidding. <laughs> I was like, once again, another big leap here. Rain it in, buddy. Uh, hyperbole is, is becoming a good friend of mine. <laughs> but anyway, thank you for joining us, giving us your attention. We pray that it's fruitful for you. Um this came from a, a listener. So if you want to ask a question, we love those because they help us keep a pulse on what we can digest through, process through to well, help you tangibly. Yeah. And chances are you're not the only one wondering these yeah. tips, questions, and the conversations typically cover uh, quite a few other questions and com- um, yeah, conflicts as well. Yeah. So to ask a question, you can do that. Just go to fiercemarriage.com slash ask. You can fill out a form. You can text text it in, or you can call and leave a a voicemail, um, which those are delightful. And if you, if you leave a voicemail, we might actually play it on on the air, yes. so to speak. So anyway, here's a question that came in. This came from Anon. This is Selena's good friend, Anon. <laughs> <laughs> Deep tracks right there. Deep tracks. She didn't know that meant anonymous at one point in time, which I thought like was hilarious. 200 episodes ago. Anyways. Yeah. All right. Why don't you read, why don't you read that, Selena? Uh, 
Uh, sorry, I thought it was First Timothy from yeah. a listener, our listener and on. Actually, hold up because I good because I want to read this verse first. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't read my own rundown. I want to read this verse first, and as a listener, I want you to process through this this question in light of what this passage in First Timothy says. Mm. Okay, because this will bear weight on us. First uh, Timothy five eight says this, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household. He has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Mm. Okay. So think about that in light of this question from Selena's friend, Anon. My husband and I got married young, probably too young. He went to welding school and I assumed he would be able to provide for a family with that career. Five years later, he is not using his welding education and is at a job that makes considerably less than I do. I'm stuck at a well-paying job with good insurance, but I feel like he does not feel the need to provide for us and make it possible for me to work less and be at home more with our 18-month-old. We're at the point where I'm now considering divorce because my husband does not provide for us. I feel partly at fault because I guess I didn't make it clear before we got married that I had this expectation for him. Uh, He doesn't just show the drive. He just just doesn't show the drive, excuse me, to even want to provide uh, more. Is this grounds for divorce? Yeah. So we're going to parse through this. um, Reading that in light of our passage in First Timothy. What this woman is writing into, and this is while we're addressing this, is I feel like this is something that many women face at some point in their marriage. Yeah. And tragically, I think we are, there's a dearth of men in society that, uh, that provide full spectrum leadership, headship, care, provision, priesthood mm-hmm. over the home. And so uh, I'm just going to say this. We are, we, we're what you would call older millennials. Okay. So we're technically millennials. The generation behind us, what is it? Gen Z. Is that right? Sure. I don't remember. Um, the, you know, there's kind of this, I don't know. There's this weird kind of relegation of responsibility that seems societal society wide meaning we have friends who are who are hiring men who are in their early 20s up into their late 20s maybe even mid 30s where there's this really um weird sense of entitlement this the lack of drive to be a problem solver to take ownership to go over and above to do what it takes mm-hmm. that's an attitude that is it's pervasive rarer and yeah. rarer um, to find someone who's willing to do what it takes. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was saying it's pervasive to find the entitlement. <laughs> yes. Okay. We're <laughs> on the same page. Yeah. And that's, and so I think that that filters through to some young men in their marriages right. and that they'll think, what, I've got a job. I showed up, I worked 40 hours. Now I'm home. I deserve to sit and play video games. I deserve to deserve to sit and, or do whatever the hobby is, or, mm-hmm. you know, I don't need to go over and above. And of course I'm, painting, painting with broad strokes, right. but to hopefully make a point. And so, um, hopefully this will be instructive. So I want to walk through the statement. So she started with this. She said, I, my husband, and I got married young, probably too young. Is that true? Is it married? Did they get married too young? Now what is too young? This is worth discussing because right now, mm. believe it or not, the average age for marriage for a first marriage mm-hmm. is 28 for women and it's 30 to 31 for men. Right. It's gotten much older. Just that I think in the last, what, 30 years, if not less, like, uh, yeah, 30 years. So back in 1990, it was 24 for women. So it's gone from 24 in 1990 now to 28 for women. And for men, it's gone from 26 in 1990 to 30 to 
the 31. So it's four years further. Wow. Um, in 1960, so you go back another 30 years, it was 20 was the average age for women to get married and 22 mm. is the average age for men to get married. So what's too young? Right. And I think it might just be a maturity question, right? And Yeah. And and that, yeah. And it's not the, the, the crux of what we're addressing here, but I just think that's interesting because we have, um, we're, get, we're giving a talk in next week to middle, middle schoolers yeah. about marriage. And that's one yeah. of the things they're asking about. Like, how do we know when we're ready to, that's a Christian high school or Christian yeah. middle school. And so they want to know like, what's Christian dating and how do we do that? And what, <laughs> what, how old know. should I be? What's a good age to start dating and that kind of thing. But yeah, I think uh, you can sense kind of the frustration. She's like, she feels some regret here. She feels like it's right. not everything that she was hoping for it to be. She's frustrated with, with yeah. the choices that he's made right now and that they're making together, you know, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So are, were they too young? Who's to say, I tend to think it's a moot point that you're married. Yeah. And you, this is, this is your, the card that you've been dealt slash you've dealt to yourself. And now we, the covenant doesn't change because we got married too young. Like, right. Um, you definitely don't want to be keeping score of those things, right? Of like, right. okay, here's another mistake. Here's another mistake. Here's another thing I wish I wouldn't have done. Because all uh, right. all you're doing is perpetuating uh, down the path of, well, this is, uh, we should be divorced. Like this, you're just right. heading down there faster. Okay, so the second piece. It. Good. And so the second piece that she's asking here is uh, the husband is making less than she is expected him to make. And it's less than she makes and isn't. It isn't the career that they had agreed on. In other words, that she was assuming. Now, whether or not they agreed on it, we don't know. Right. He was going to be a welder. And welders make, I don't know, welders probably make north of $40 an hour. Well, if, and they probably invested money for him to go. Exactly. As well. So is that a problem that he's, that that expectation has been broken? I would say just intrinsically no. Although if you're not communicated through it, then yeah, that's right. the and lack why of follow through. Well, why is she seen it as, as a problem and why is he maybe not seen it as a problem? Yeah. And, why do why 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 doesn't he have a job in welding? That's one question. And, yeah. and based on her question, the way she's worded it, I'm assuming it's because he hasn't pursued one, as opposed to maybe there isn't one nearby available. Right? There isn't one available? And welding's a pretty uh, universal need. Yes. You know, in most industrialized cities, so um, I'd have I I would tend to think that you can find a job welding if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, the the fourth thing is, or the third thing, she wants him to provide so she can quit her job and be home with her child is. That's a worthy desire. I mean, biblically speaking, yes. Yeah, the, the role absolutely. and responsibility of a mother uh, is to to be with the children, raising the children. And we're pretty hardcore about that. Again, there are exceptions. There are, I the think. The norm is women yeah. at home raising the children. Like yeah. That's the biblical norm that we see. I think that's the societal norm we should shoot for. Mm-hmm. Uh, feminism be tossed aside. Like... The norm should be what I just said. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but, and the husbands should be out on the front lines earning and, and, and providing yeah. and protecting in that way. Um, so is that a worthy desire to want to be home with their child? Absolutely. And frankly, as a husband hearing this, my knee, my knee jerk reaction was that is a, a desire that he should want to fulfill for his wife. Mm-hmm. In other words, um, if you were working and we had these babies at home and you were just you were leaving every morning. I could see it in your eyes that something was dying inside every time you had to walk out that door to go right. to the, the job, presumably some sort of office job where you're sitting in a cubicle where you're answering to your boss. Oh my goodness. Like I would want as your <laughs> husband to, to bend over backwards to try and make the financial ends meet so that you could leave that job. Yeah. Now, 
that's a lifestyle question too. Because Absolutely. if we've if we're house poor or we're car poor right. or we're lifestyle poor because Absolutely. we want to have all the toys or we want to have the RV or we want to have the, you know, stuff's expensive. Yeah. We we need to get a van because we're that category now. We have four <laughs> kids. <laughs> we want to be able to take you know, or suburban. <laughs> our kids' friends to places or take we go. want to invite the neighbor kids to church. Yes. And, um and so, but we were looking at vans and we don't have a van yet because I mean, we, there's We'd cheaper van vans. <laughs> we liked one of the nicer vans, but the nicer vans cost like 80 grand and it's like not in the cards. Right. Uh, but, but if you were to pull the trigger on that and all of a sudden you, you owe a, you have a monthly $1,200 monthly payment or a thousand dollars or whatever. Right. Like that's a lifestyle thing that, okay. So if I can't afford to let my wife stay home but we're affording something else that maybe is dispensable. Right. Let's get rid of dispensable. Let's, let's modify things. Right. So anyway, um, anyway, I, I, that's just what occurred to me is if I'm, if I'm a husband and my wife's asking for this, like as a husband, like step up, do your, do what you can. Um, which based on this question, I, I get the indication that he's not doing what he can. Um, oh yeah. The, the fourth thing is, um, and this is where we get to the crux of it. She's considering divorce because he has not provided in this way. Right. You're is kinda, this okay? You kind of have to read between the lines, obviously, in a lot of a lot of these questions. Yeah. Or, you know, because it felt like a big jump, like, hey, he doesn't have a good paying job, so I'm thinking of divorcing him. Well, ah, that feels like there's a lot of yeah. different parts that we didn't address or they haven't addressed, you know, have you talked about these expectations that you had going into marriage? Have you expressed that you want to stay home? I, I mean, I'm sure there are, she probably has done this. Um, have you talked about the welding? Like <laughs> that's the question. Have you talked about the right. things that, that matter? And biblically speaking though, you know, it, it really is not grounds for divorce. No, no, it's not. I'm going to be crystal clear on that, that we don't have any biblical grounds to say you're not giving me the lifestyle that I want. And sadly, I mean, that's what this is. Well, cause it's a to lifestyle a mom, to stay yes, home. Yes. It, but, not and it's as one a, that's biblically informed. Yes. And that's what I meant. It's not like right. you're wanting to, she's wanting to stay home and kids go to school and she right. can. Yes. But as a couple, like that couple has to work this out, whatever that means to get to that place. We don't have a biblical imperative that says husband, if you're not working a job that pays well enough for your wife to not have to work, then you're sinning. We don't have that imperative. Mm-hmm. We can, we can infer that that's the direction we should head. Uh, but that being said, I think the ideal is for him to step up. Now, that's, that's, that's the crux of this. That's mm-hmm. the main point that she's asking about is, I feel as if this is a good desire, a good biblical desire. My husband has, has not followed through on some things that mm-hmm. we decided on early on. Mm-hmm. And that's Maybe not the problem. I think the bigger problem is that he doesn't show any desire to want to change yeah. the situation or to, to make good on the the perceived promises. Right. And to me, that's the big problem. Um, now, is she at fault because she didn't communicate her expectation to him early on? There's a lot of things I mean, that I wish on. I like would he, have communicated to him she's early on, but you can only, now. yeah, you, you yeah. can only know so much. So yeah. I, I, I don't think that's the... You know, uh, definitely not okay for a divorce. Um, you know, it sounds like maybe he's, uh, you know, kind of, he might be neglecting her in a bit. Like he, he doesn't it's, care. Sorry, yeah. I don't want to say neglect. I don't want to throw that term out. It's really hard to tell because we're, we don't know him. We don't know the situation. 
but so we have to imagine what are the situations like either she's just, you know, she wrote this question in, in a moment of feeling flustered and he is trying, but maybe not as hard as she thinks he should. Right. That's one way to look right. at it. Yeah. Or the other end of that is, uh, she's written this in and she's just at her wits end and, you know, it's just kind of throwing her hands up. Like he is not responding to my requests to, to move this direction. Yeah. Um, then, and he's just coming home and seems to not care about us. Mm. You know, he's found a cushy job that is, you know, I'm picturing like, you know, like working, maybe a well, retail hourly job where you can't live on that. Right. Right. In, in a trade, if you've advanced in the trade and you're a good worker, like you can make a living in a, in a trade, mm-hmm. whether you're framing or roofing or welding or whatever that is, but like you can't make a living on, on a retail, um, you know, minimum wage type job. So, and the only reason you have that is because you've just lost your sense of ambition hmm. and you've lost your sense of conviction for what your life is to, to be spent on. And I don't know, as believers, I think, are we going to be wage people, you know, and the, the term that comes to mind and it's controversial, but be a wage slave and that I'm going to give you my life in exchange for 15 to $20 an hour. I'm going to give you eight, eight, eight hours a day and I get my 30 minute lunch. I think those, those jobs are good, but I, I think There's it's season. It, it, I think. It's Yeah. And as an endpoint, I think that's leaves a lot to be desired. So, um, is his lack of provision to her expectation of grounds for divorce? Like we said, no, but he's not off the hook. Right. right. He's not off the hook. Um, and so let's read this verse again. First Timothy five, eight, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives, again, he's speaking to the men for his relatives and especially members of his household, that would, that would include Anyone who works within the household, that would include obviously the children mm-hmm. and of course the wife. If he has not provided for them, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So mm-hmm. here's where I want to finish this. And this just occurred to me is I think this verse is speaking to this husband because he is not providing for his, he is not provi- providing for his children according to this verse. Right. His children need their mother based mm-hmm. on what we just said. Yeah. The mother needs to be home. We we're home educators. We've done a whole series on this on the parenting side. I don't think there's a biblical imperative for every family to home educate. I do strongly think there's a biblical imperative for every family to have a Christocentric education. Mm-hmm. Because when we talk about paideia, what it means to raise children up in the nurture and admonition, that's a whole life and worldview. That's an enculturation. So if 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 I'm not able to provide for my children the the educational opportunities in the home or the home home nurturing that would be the best for the children. And in that sense, I've, I failed in some right. sense. Well, and in this case too, you have an 18 month old, so you are either going to be paying for daycare or you're going to be home with them. And or you have a family member that, family that steps member. in right. daily, or if she's got a part-time th- thing or she works from home or something, she's able to make it work. But, right. um, and so I, obviously we, we can't know for sure, but here's the big broad strokes I want to touch on um, as we close this episode out. Husbands are called unequivocally to be the providers for their households. Provision is more than finances. Mm. I'm, I'm to provide spiritual headship. Um, I'm, I'm to provide generously leadership. Mm. Uh, one term that you hear thrown around is, is servant leadership. I prefer a servant lordship. Mm. Is and that's a term that I got from uh, I forget the author, but it's a book um, that was released by Ligonier, Servant Lordship, which is meaning I'm I'm reporting to God on how I am serving my household as the head of this household. I am to provide 
um, safety for my family, mm-hmm. a place to, to, to flourish, you know, a roof over our heads, heat in the air, <laughs> um, clean air at that clean water, you know, whatever it takes for my family to flourish. Mm-hmm. And then obviously financially. So if you're looking at your, your family as a husband and any one of these core provisional things aren't being met, then I, as a head of the home, God is looking to you. Mm-hmm. He's looking to you. And if, if you're not providing those things and this is where it gets really dark and I think very frightening for that husband, if you're not providing those things and you're coming home and you're, you're sitting your butt on the couch and you're cracking open a beer and you're turning on the TV and you're doing that seven days a week, five days a week, or you're, you're getting off work and you're going to the bar and you're dropping 30, 40 bucks a night, drinking beers with the guys while your wife's at home. I'm not saying this is happening in this situation, but if that to me is frightening for that man. Because mm-hmm. not only are you not providing, but you're now stepping into neglect. Okay? Yeah. And you're stepping into, I think, a case can be made into abandonment. Mm-hmm. And biblically speaking, you might be, and I wouldn't say this on a broad level, but you might be getting into uh, a, bib- a biblical definition of abandonment, which is biblically grounds for divorce with careful uh, shepherding with a pastor and things like that. So uh, my encouragement to this wife would be, you know, if you've talked to your husband, you've nagged him. Divorce is not on the table. <laughs> uh, you you have no other recourse. Go to the elders of your church. Mm-hmm. Obviously you're praying. Pray for your husband's heart to be softened. Love your husband. Love him like you've never loved him before. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. It's going to be hard, but love him. Encourage him. Be his wife. Mm-hmm. Be his helper. If he's not responding to your love, he's not responding to your encouragement, your help, mm-hmm. go to your pastor, go to your elders, explain it to them. My husband is, here's the situation. Mm-hmm. Have them go through this conversation with you. And it's their job then as elders to bring him under spiritual discipline and say, listen, you're not providing for your wife in right. this way. Right. And they'll be able to know you. They'll know him. They'll know the situation. This is all assuming that you're part of a church. And this is why church is so important. If you're not part of a church, then you don't have that authority structure. You don't have that submission to men of God who are in submission to Christ in their shepherding over you. So that's that's all very, very important. And there are things that we have to assume. Um, and so that's another red flag. If you're not in a church, then time to get into one. Yeah. Um, and that takes time, of course, which means that there's going to be some more trials ahead. So um, I hope this is helpful. Do you have any other thing, anything else to add? No. Did I miss anything? Am I going to get in trouble? <laughs> Later on. Later on when the yes. internet sets no. me ablaze. They might. Yeah. Big, big, serious stuff, to be honest. Um, um, I'll just leave it there. Uh, divorce, you guys, is is far uglier than I think people realize when they're going through something like this. Yeah. It seems like a quick fix, but it really never is. It never is. And you know what, how is a divorce going to fix this? Yeah. Especially when kids are involved. Yeah. Because I mean, you're (laughs) You're still going to have to work (laughs) and more. (laughs) Yeah. Like you're going to lose whatever his income is and you might get child support. But I mean, if the, if the, anyway, Shouldn't go down the road. Shouldn't go down that road. It's not grounds for I'm divorce. Just, and we don't and we don't make decisions based on pragmatism. We yeah. make them based on obedience to scripture. But I'm just saying, like, think this through to maybe five years down the line. Now you've got a child by a father that's not there. And I mean that this ends well for no one. Mm-hmm. So divorce is never the ideal. 
God hates divorce. Mm -hmm. And at all costs, we want to bring ourselves under the submission to submit to God under in the covenant of marriage and exercise biblical love the way that Christ has loved us. And if you don't have that, if you don't know how Christ has loved you, (laughs) that's his first segue. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let me tell you, he has loved you to the point of death. Mm even death on the cross, because he wants you to be reconciled unto the father. And he himself, he knew he was the only way that that could be possible. Mm-hmm. So he died the death. You should have died. He wrote, he rose again. He didn't stay dead, but he brought with him the keys to death mm. so that you wouldn't have to die. That if you placed your trust in him, we want you to do that. If you don't really know what that means, um, find a friend who's a Christian, ask them to pray with you, to read scripture with you. Start with the book of John. <laughs> Get to know what the Bible says. Find out who Jesus is so you can place your trust in him. Find a church that preaches from the Bible. If you don't know where to find that, we have a website that would give you a few more steps. Go to thenewsisgood.com. And of course, the good news is the good news that Jesus Christ came. Mm-hmm. It's not good advice. It's good news. It's done. It's finished. To tell us die, as Christ said on the cross, it is finished. Mm-hmm. And it's finished for those who place their trust in him. And we pray that you would do that. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for... Um, your word that is instructive. Father, I pray for the wives right now, specifically the wives that are struggling with feeling um, a lack of provision, perhaps Mm -hmm. feeling neglect, perhaps feeling emotional abandonment, vocational abandonment, if I can say that. Lord, I pray that you would comfort them in the middle of their struggle, Mm -hmm. the middle of their storm. You remind them that you are the Lord of the storm. You're even the Lord over this. But I pray that they would trust you more through this. God, and I pray that you would soften the hearts of the husbands who are uh, maybe sitting in the seats of this husband where they're providing, but maybe not in a way um, as well as they could. Mm. Lord, I pray that you'd call them up to that standard and they would do so and they would step up, Lord, by your power. More than anything, Father, we thank you for your goodness, for your grace, for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We haven't said it in a little while, but uh, our patrons are the shield. They're the bulwark protecting us from the violence of the markets (laughs) (laughs) books sometimes sell books sometimes don't sell and so if you feel like partnering with us we would be honored we ask two things you pray about it and then if the lord leads you that's a big if if he leads you that you would just follow through obediently and the way that you would follow through is you go to fiercemarriage.com slash partner our patrons are the reason we're still here i wrote them a note last week to that effect and i just have to say it on the podcast Thank you, patrons. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're thinking about that, we'd be honored. FierceMarriage.com slash partner. With that, this episode of Fierce Marriage is... In the can. We'll see you again in seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce. Stay fierce.